I want to say something about our G City kids. I mention this to you all the time that um, that they're not babysitting them back there. And actually, you're, you as parents get one of these. And on this sheet talks about the, their memory verse that they have each month. Uh, it has several things on here about a, a dinner time devotional that you can do with your children, which is I, I feel like is excellent. And um, the, the, this is a, a great way to see, like I'm saying to you, I tell you that they're, that they're not just babysitting them back there, but they're teaching them the word. And, you know, a lot of times, um, I, I've heard parents say this. I've, I've, I've actually heard parents, specific parents say this, that, you know, teaching the word to them is, is the church's responsibility. And it, and it is. It's partly our responsibility. But it's, it's your responsibility to take what they're learning and do something with it. And I encourage you to take these sheets serious and talk to your children, you know, about it. I promise you that your children know the word. If they've been in this, in, if they've been here for very long and, and they're in the back with, in, in going through everything that is taught with super kids and, and all the teachers and the leaders back there, I promise you they're knowing and getting revelation of the word. So it would be, it would actually be good for you to hear them minister to you if you're not doing that, because they will. I mean, the, the, the other day, where's Gladys at? Is Gladys in here? There she is. Um, her son came up to me. Uh, gosh, tell me your boy's name. Noah, Noah, Noah. Noah, Noah. Right. Noah. Come on. Noah in the ark. <clears throat> um, but, you know, he's, he's about this tall, and he walks up to me, and he said, and, and he tells me that they were praying for him when he walked into kids church his back was hurting and he said uh he said I could I think he was telling me that he couldn't do this with his back and he said they prayed for him and and he was showing me he was going down and going all the way back and stretching all the way back and telling him that he got healed in kids church you know and, and I said I said I did this to him and I mean Boom, he hit, he hit me, and then he hit me with the high five, amen? I'm telling you, he's healed in the name of Jesus. He's learning some things in, in, in our kids' church that are impacting his life because when you get it in them when they're young, then the things that we're talking about this month concerning spirit, soul, and body, they're so much farther ahead in their ability to grow into the things of God. They don't have to relearn so much stuff. That's why it's so important that your children are connected. And that's why it's important that we don't babysit, but then you take what we're doing and take it serious and apply it in their lives the same way. Can you say amen to that? Glory to Jesus. We're very grateful and thankful to Tammy and all the people that are part of our our children's ministry and all that they're doing with that. Amen? Because it's vital. Whew. Glory to Jesus. Amen? So, we're in a series today, <clears throat> this month of February, it'll probably go into March also, um, something that been strong on my heart for a while, I've, uh, taught, I've taught along this, even have some CD series that I've taught on spirit, soul, and body, um, and, uh, but I've never taught the things that I'm teaching now, I've never taught it in this way. And today's message is going to be even a little more different, and uh, um, I shared with you a couple things the last two weeks, and now I'm kind of 
backing up a little bit. I'm going to look at something else and then, and then we'll end today with what we talked about where we ended last week. We'll end with some more of what we talked about. But I got some things I want you to th- really think about today. Um, the subtitle of, of this message unhindered today is Truth or Tradition. Truth or tradition. Um, we're going to start in Mark chapter 7. We're going to read a passage here and uh, talk about a few things. Um, but through everything that I'm going to talk about for the next probably 20 minutes or so, I want you to think about this. <clears throat> I want you to think two things. Why do I believe what I believe about just anything in life? Why do you believe what you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? Is it tradition or is it truth, what you, what you actually believe? Um, I, I told the story not too long ago. I, I don't remember what message it was in, but I told the story about the ham Anybody remember the story about the ham? About the, the there, there's three or four generations in this house, and and the, the 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 newest generation is cooking a Thanksgiving ham or whatever it is, and uh, and she's cooking a bone-in ham, and she and and uh, when somebody else is in the kitchen and, and they're watching her prepare the ham, and she cuts the end of the bone off the ham, she sticks it in the oven, and and uh, person asks, why, why, do you cut the, why do you cut the end of the bone off the ham that's sticking out right there? She said, well, because my mom did. So the mom is there, and later on they ask her, why did, when you cooked the ham, why did you cut the bone off? She said, well, because my mom did. And the grandmother's there, and so they ask her, and they said, why did you cut the bone off the end of the ham? And the grandmother said, well, because in my day, my oven was so small that the ham wouldn't fit in the oven, so I had to cut the bone off. So everybody, and, and you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the, the, the newest generation and her mom maybe didn't even know. I mean, it's just a story, but I mean, uh, maybe they didn't even know why that the grandmother had cut the bone off. They just did it because that's what they did. How many things do you do today that aren't necessarily truth, but they're tradition? And the second thing I want you to think about in in what I'm going to talk about here for the next few minutes is if what you do you think is truth where is it in the word if what you think you do is truth do you know where it's at in the word why you do what you do so I'm going to stir your thinking and then we'll we'll end with where we were last week in Romans chapter 8 Mark 7 and verse 1 Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. 
Now, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the, what? Tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. There are many other things which they have received and hold like the washing of cups and pitchers and copper vessels and couches and who knows what else they clean or do, whatever it is that they do. Why? Because of tradition. Verse 5 says, Then the Pharisees and scribes ask him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? I mean, these guys were, these guys were clean freaks. You ever known somebody like that? Hmm? You ever go to the mall and see somebody with a mask on their face? Because they don't, they, and, and, and they've got gloves on their hands because they don't want to touch anything. I mean, you know, I, I, we're all about that. I mean, don't, don't go places and then go eat somewhere and not wash your hands. I mean, you, you know, there's a lot of junk and stuff out there. It's just healthy to wash your hands, right? But let's don't freak out about it and then put everybody else under condemnation. Anybody ever stood at the bathroom in the mall and somebody walked out and they didn't wash their hands when they left? Hey, what are you doing? Wash your hands. That's what the Pharisees did. You know what? Hey, what, what, hey what's the deal? They're, they're eating and they're not washing their hands. What, what's the deal? Making a big deal out of something. And notice what Jesus says. He answered and said to them, what, what did he answer them with? The word. He answered and said to them, well, this is my thought. No. He answered and said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups and many other such things you do, and I'm telling you today, the traditions of men are, there's no end to the traditions of men. That's why I'm asking you, why do you do what you do in any area of life? Why do you do that? And the question that has to be asked us, because what our series is about is being unhindered. What our series is about is that if you don't renew your mind, your flesh, your body, will do everything that the world wants it to do, and everything that your reasoning mind kind of chooses to do. Because when you're, in, when you're reasoning through something, you're doing this. But if this is what truth is, and this is kind of the way of the world, or the world's minded thinking, if you're not renewing your mind, you'll always choose this. Maybe not today and maybe not next week, but sooner or later you'll choose this over here because you're not renewing your mind to truth. So the title of our subtitle of our message today is Truth or Tradition? Which do you and I live in? Everybody lives in some form of tradition. I don't care who you are. Every single person out here today at the sound of my voice, lives in some form of tradition. God's not freaked out about any of that. It's just, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to stay in tradition, 
or are you going to find out what the truth is and make sure that truth is renewing your mind in the way you think? Let's read verse 8 again. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups or whatever else. And then he said to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God or the word of God. We're going to interject there that he's talking about the commands, the commands or the dictates of God, the, what the word of God, what the truth is, that you may keep your tradition. He said to them, uh, verse 9 again, All too well you reject the word that you may keep your tradition. You reject the truth so that you can keep tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corban, that is, to, that is a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. And, and so, in, in turn, because you don't understand truth, you're trying to figure out ways not to take care of your mother and father. Trying to figure out ways not to honor your mother and father. Doesn't matter how old you are or if you're married or anything else, you still have a responsibility to honor your father and mother. Now people, you know, everybody's got to work through stuff and everybody's got traditions and everybody's got hurts or they've been abused or hurt or, or think, gone through things. But what God wants is your mind renewed so that you'll honor even in spite of the circumstances. Because that's what God said. And not only did he say it, not only was it a, a, one of the Ten Commandments, but he said it in Scripture in New Testament. The Apostle Paul told the church at Ephesus the importance of honoring father and mother is kind of like honoring God with the tithe. There's a promise that goes with that. When you learn to do that, because of your strength and the truth of God's word renewing your mind and not you trying to do it in your flesh because you're hurt and you're mad and you got resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness and things from the past, which a lot of that, those things are justifiable, but they'll take you down if you don't get liberated and free of it. See, we don't want to live in tradition. We don't want our traditions to take us down. We want truth to take us over. And truth will take you over every single time. Can you say amen to that? Verse 12, uh, verse 13. So when you have that mentality about mother and father, verse 13 says, making, let's back up to 11 again. Uh, go back to 9. <laughs> He said to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God or the word of God that you may keep your tradition, that you may keep your tradition. When you go against truth, okay, keeping tradition, then verse 13 is the result. Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down and many such things you do. I tell you what, when I came into the kingdom of God, I had some tradition. Two years later, Becky and I were married, and four years later, our first daughter came along. And all along, I'm 
in the word and I'm renewing my mind because what I don't want to do is pass down tradition to the next generation. I want tradition cut off and I want truth ruling and reigning. Can you say amen to that? God wants his truth ruling. Now listen, no matter what your age is, no matter when you came into the kingdom, no matter how much you've ever done with the word of God, there's no day like the present to become a doer of the word. Doesn't matter if you're 12 or if you're 92. Today, no day like the present because God takes us where we're at and then he begins to do for us things in our life when we become aware of who he is and what he's done for us. When we find out who we are, when we find out we're a spirit that has a mind, will, and emotions that live in a physical body and then we learn how to develop that process, then it's, it's all over but the shouting. Doesn't mean that there's not difficult times. You will always be dealing with something. Listen to me. There is something in your life that needs to be dealt with, but you will never be aware of it the way you need to be aware of it until you deal with and walk through what you're walking through right now. So the rest of your time on planet Earth, you will be dealing with something. Everybody take a deep breath and go, whew, man. Right? You're going to be dealing with something. So don't freak out when everything's not exactly right. Rejoice in the great days. Rejoice and be glad in the great days. But when you're walking through something, just know it's taking you to another place, a higher level, and, and more of an ability to trust God and more of God being able to trust you. There's no life like that. There's no life anywhere like that. When you can trust a God you can't even see and have confidence that that God you can't even see trusts you. Something amazing about that. So tradition causes the word to become of no effect. So what do we got to do with tradition? Get it out. Right? How do you get tradition out? Renewing your mind with the truth. Because what's going to rule in your life is either tradition or truth because your mind has been washed and cleansed and you begin to see how God sees you and your life. Amen? So, a couple of scriptures to back this up and then I want to give you some thoughts. A couple of scriptures just to kind of back this up. Look at James 1 and verse 26. James 1 and 26. If if anyone among you thinks he is religious or spiritual and, and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion or his life is useless. Now we're talking about tradition, and this word religion has to do with kind of, as I was reading through this, in the literal it has to do with like your tradition, like how you were raised. If, if you were a Baptist and another one was a Catholic and another one was a Presbyterian, another one maybe you were a Muslim or maybe you were this or whatever it was you were. In, 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 in your traditions, if you don't bridle your tongue, then what you think you have is of no good. 
And how do you bridle your tongue? How do you keep your tongue under? Through the renewing of your mind. I, I begin to get control over the things that I say out of my mouth because I'm renewing my mind, not because I'm relying on my traditions. Because I promise you, your, your traditions and where you've come from will not produce for you, okay, when your mind is not being renewed and strengthened by truth. Can you shout amen? 1 Corinthians 13, just another verse that kind of, I just went through here and found an, a number of different verses that kind of uh, back up what I'm trying to say here because of the next few things we're going to talk about. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Verse 3 says, and though I bestow all my goods and, uh, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. What am I talking about here? Truth is this. Fabian earlier was talking about the tithe and the importance of it. And, and all of those things and the blessing that comes with that. How many believe in that, in the tithe and the blessing and all those things? You know why? Because it's truth. Okay? But here's a truth that a actually trumps that truth. That you can give everything and do everything and do all the right things. But if you have not love, it's nothing. And it means nothing. And no matter if you've sown your way into prosperity and blessing in your life, it means nothing if you don't walk in love. I said, he said nothing. That's truth. Now, remember, remember what I said right there because we'll catch up to that in a second. But then look at John 6.63 and then I want to say a couple things. <clears throat> John 6 and 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits how much? Nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. The Spirit, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. We're talking about knowing who we are. We're talking about spirit, soul, and body. We're talking about living a life that is unhindered. It's not hindered by the natural things going on out here. H how many realize that what's being exposed is a lot of what was hidden for years? Does it look like out there that, that people are nuts? I mean, crazy. I mean, every day, just crazy stuff. But listen, that stuff's been around. It's just been hidden. Now, all of a sudden, it's just being flaunted. It's out there. It's coming out all, all, all the time. The flesh profits nothing. What's important is that we begin to understand that we are spiritual beings, and as a spiritual being, we have authority over anything and everything in our own personal life where we would do something abnormal or wrong or whatever, and that we become people with a renewed mind that help others to overcome. 
That's what we've been created for. You won't do that if you don't understand that, number first and foremost, you're a spirit. Because you're created in the image of God. And we're here to do God's work in the earth, but you can't figure God's work out correctly if you're not connected to spirit. So we're developing a life of being unhindered by all the natural circumstances. Amen? And that's what he said here. The flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. So remember that as, as, we, as we end this in, in, today in, in, in a little while. Um, I said to you earlier, think of in, to yourself, why do you do some of the things that you do? Is it tradition or do you do it based on truth? And things that you think are truth, do you have scripture to back it up? I went through attempting to remember some of the things that I've heard people quote before that they said were scripture. And so I'm going to ask you for a show of hands on these next few things. Has anybody ever heard this quote? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Okay? Now, I'm not going to ask you if you thought that was the scripture, but I can't find it. I mean, it's a, I guess it's a clean thought, right? <laughs> but uh, it's not scripture. Number two, money is the root of all evil. How many have ever heard that? You've heard that. I didn't say you believe that. I said you've heard it. Raise your hand if you've ever heard anybody say that or you said it yourself. Okay? Well, uh, in certain circles, in certain places, it would fit because you're trying to get your point across, but that's not Scripture. There's not a Scripture that says that. Now, there's a Scripture that says the love of money is the root of all evil, but people have quoted it like this because they're trying to get their point across because they're broke and don't have two knuckles, nickels to rub together and they're mad at people that are prospering. Anyway, I won't, I won't meddle. I'll just keep reading. Anybody ever heard this, this quote? And this too shall pass. You ever heard that? Not a scripture. I mean, it... it it, it would fit, I guess, in, in several things, but there's not a lot of faith in that. There's <sighs> two will pass. Okay? Truth or tradition? And do you have scripture on what you think is truth? Number five, God helps those who helps themselves. Anybody heard that? Yeah? One of the reasons you've heard that is because that's a quote from one of our founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin. God helps those who help themselves. That's not scripture. That's really not a good God. Now, you didn't help yourself. Kick him to the road. Kick him to the side. No. God's mercy does some things that none of us deserve that's not scripture you will not find that from Genesis to Revelation and the last one and then I got a couple other things to add to this that I want you to think about God works in mysterious ways 
How many have ever heard that? It's not scriptural. You know, you, know, you know what that says is that you can't figure God out. He's too mysterious. Huh? You got, so, so because God works in mysterious ways, then you've got to be ooh. And I think a lot of the church tried to get ooh. And we screwed things up. We ran people off from the church. Instead of teaching them the truth, learning the truth, taking responsibility, dealing with pride in our own lives, getting to the root of the problems in our own lives so that you, can, you can't lead people where you've never been. There's no way. Absolutely no way. So, I'm, I'm going to say three more things that are just seed for thought, okay? Um, I'm not really asking you whether you've heard this before. I'm telling you it's out there or it's been out there, okay? Um, through a lot of my born-again life, I heard this. I'm not talking about I heard this once or twice. I mean over and over and over and over again. And had people try to convince me that this is true. And I'm just using some outward manifestation. But that if you have a tattoo, or you've got colored hair or nose rings or pierced your body somewhere else other than your lobe, um, you can't be saved. I've heard it over and over and over and over again. But there's no scripture for it. There's no scripture. Another one that I've heard is that if you smoke or drink or drug or you live some perverted lifestyle or whatever, that you can't go to heaven. And the Bible just doesn't teach it. See, you can find something in Scripture. See, your, your mind may say, yeah, but pastor, there's this Scripture. No, 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 it's not this Scripture. If you can't find biblical foundation to back a specific thing up, I'm talking about uh, in, in the mouth of two or three or more witnesses, let everything be established. So there's got to be more than just one scripture that you're trying to twist to make a point. But the things I've just mentioned to you right now, you can't find that in scripture. It doesn't say that. Jesus' heart was in scripture that he didn't desire, the, God the Father's heart is he didn't desire for one to perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge. So, and, and, and the third one is this. And this, this one, this one I, I've actually heard from more Christians than any of the, these other. I've heard this. Actually, I, have, I haven't, I've either heard people say that this is so, what I'm fixing to say, or they're not sure. But if a, if a person commits suicide, they're going to hell. I, 
I can't find it in here. So, the dangers in the church world that people have been afraid of about talking about things like this is that people leave here today and, 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 and they say, well, the pastor said there's nothing wrong with me drinking, drugging, doing whatever I want to do. No, I, I didn't say that. I said there's nothing in here that says you can't be saved or, you, or, or keeping you from going to heaven if you've got an issue or a problem. All the things, all the things that I just mentioned, I had a problem with before I was saved. When I got saved, those things didn't leave me the next afternoon. I had to get truth to renew my mind to liberate me from the smoking, the drinking, the drugs, the perversion, the stuff that I was taught. The tradi- see, see you, by default, a lot of the things that you do, I, I mean, when, when I finally got free of those things, I never even liked any of them. I just did them because everybody else did. But I had to get enough word and things in me to liberate my life. Now, now, now here, here's the other issue. See, what God may be convicting you about, he's not convicting your neighbor about. You can never judge where a person's at. Well, but, you know, they've been saved for two years and they're not, still not free of that. Well, how long have you been saved? You're still judgmental. He's more concerned about that stuff, and I'm going to show you this here in a second in another verse that we're going to read. He's more concerned about that stuff than he is anything else. See, we've been too afraid that we've got to, you know, protect and make sure that people get free. No, 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 no. You, you can't be that way. See, if, see if, if, I'm, if I'm standing in front, and I've stood in front of many, many, many people doing drugs. I mean, as when I did drugs, I was around a lot of drug-infested homes and places that we'd go into and those kind of things, and I saw those people. But after I got born again, and when I got off of drugs, I was, I, I've been around those different types of people, and I've never met one drug addict that was happy, fulfilled. I mean, living in the truth. I mean, I mean excited about life and seeing people one to the things of God. I've never met one, see? So, it's never, listen, they already know the things that they're doing because they're, they're hurting their body, that it's not right. But, but me just heaping coals on top of them, that's not going to help them out. I've got to love them. Right? Remember the scripture that we just read? What does it profit a person? You do all this stuff and you have not love, you become a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. That, I mean, that's absolutely, I mean, who wants to be around somebody that's going gong, 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 rattling a, you know, a tambourine or some kind of deal like that? I mean, shut that up. But that's what you sound like. Person that's given everything, as Fabian was talking about earlier, being a tither and all those different things. But if you don't walk in love, none of that means a dang thing. It trumps it. Does that mean we're not supposed to be tithers? Absolutely not. I want to live under the blessing of God. The Bible says when you, when you know certain things and you don't do it, 
That's the disobedience part is the sin. It's not the act of, of, of the results of, of what happened. That's not the sin. That's the, that, that's the result of it. The sin is the disobedience. You renew your mind to become a person of obedience. Now, in relation to that, look at Matthew 23, 23, and then we're going to finish with Romans 8. Look at Matthew 23, 23. We, we read this the other day, actually, uh, concerning something else, but I saw something in here that was huge. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, Jesus saying this, you hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and come and have neglected the weightier matters. The more important matters, in other words, of the law, of the word, which are justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. He didn't say don't be tithers. Actually, he said you need to make sure you don't, you don't leave tithing undone. But what the Pharisees did is they majored on minor things. Where God wants you and I is, and, and when, when you're a person of truth, you become a major, majoring on majors. I want to major on major things, not minor things. I don't want to... I don't want to Deal with petty little things. The petty things are the things that get removed when you address the major things. See, if you, if you think you're, you're talking God into his commanded blessing on your life, and you've got bitterness or jealousy, or whatever in your heart towards another human being, and you think tithing is going to override that, he just said here, it won't. He just said in 1 Corinthians 1 and 3 that it won't. It won't trump that. Because God is love, and walking in love is first and foremost. Everybody put up a finger for me. First and foremost, walking in love trumps everything else. That's truth. The problem with that is our unrenewed minds and our traditions try to say, man, you got to protect yourself. Someone does something, something ugly to you, hit them again. I mean, hit, don't, you know, somebody does something to you, don't just hit them once, hit them twice. Slap them on both cheeks. Man, you want to make sure they know you're not putting up with that mess. I'm not letting you get away with that. You realize what you've gotten away with because of the blood of Jesus? My gosh, what do we deserve Oh, man, we, we don't just, de- I mean, most of us don't just deserve hell. We, we deserve a deeper hell. But for the grace and the mercy of God, what trumps everything else is justice and mercy and faith. Because faith will lead you into the revelation of who you are, that I'm a, I, I, I'm a spiritual being. It'll lead you into that place. God doesn't want minor things to rule your life he wants you to be a major amen he don't want you to be just a private 
He wants you to be a major in the kingdom of God who is majoring on majors. I didn't intend to say it that way. I I was just going to use the majoring on majors, but I'm calling you a major today. Amen? We're higher up in rank. You want, you, you want to see victory, you gotta, you got to go higher up in rank, take more responsibility for your actions, and not let yourself be, feel okay about doing minor things right. You love somebody that loves you, minor. Loving somebody that slapped you, took advantage of you, stuck you in the back. Oh, man, Pastor, how do you do that? Holy Ghost. Word of God, truth, hearing his voice, developing this lifestyle. What, 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 do, you, what do you say when he rebuked those Pharisees? Yeah, you, you, your, your lips say one thing, but your heart is far from me. Meaning, your heart isn't developed. Trying to figure everything out in the natural realm. Trying to figure the, everything out with our reasoning mind instead of developing our heart based on the truth of the word and become doers of the word. Everybody's got stuff. Everybody's got something they're dealing with. And I promise you, the more you look at yourself and instead of looking at others, the more beneficial it'll be in your life because you're able to hear God for you. And then when you're able to help someone else, it's because you have so much love for them. Not because you're trying to shove something down their throat or pound it into them. That'll never work. One of the most uncomfortable times... I ever had with, a, with another person was years ago. It was before I actually even lived here. And uh, I, was, I was really trying to minister to this guy. He was, he was a Christian, but he had some really screwy ideas. My gosh. I mean, I, I mean I, to this day, I don't know how that guy believed some of the things he believed. I mean, just, it was nuts. He and I were sitting at a Mexican food restaurant in, in uh, far Texas. We were eating breakfast tacos. And a guy walks by that was just, I mean, and that was way back in the day, so you didn't see, I mean, usually it was military guys that had, had tattoo sleeves and, and things in those days. That was years ago. And, and this guy jumped up from the table and, I mean, read this guy the right act about how God was judging him and how the, there's a scripture in the Bible that says you shouldn't, you know, tattoo your body or whatever the word. It's not, they didn't use tattoo, but it used uh, something else you shouldn't do certain things to your body that way. Old Testament, you know, under the law, those kind of things. And, and, he, and he hammers this guy at the table. It was one of the most embarrassing times I've, uh, that I can ever remember. You know, I, as, we were, as I was talking about this, I just remembered that. And that guy, that, that guy with the tattoo just looked at him and, and he shook his head. And, and I thought to myself, and no telling. I mean, there was nothing I could do. I couldn't straighten it out or make it right. I mean, I'm, look, I'm eating tacos with him, so I guess I believe the same thing he does, you know. And uh, I could just see in that guy's face. All it did was reconfirm probably why he had the tattoos. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with the tattoos, but, he, but could have the tattoos out of rebellion because people told him it was wrong that he had to have. So all that did is just reconfirm, see? See? Now, the, why would I ever want to be a Christian? Why would I ever want to be in that world? And I sat that guy down, or that guy sat back down, and I told him that day, I said, you know what? I don't ever want to be seen in public with you again. 
because I minister to people like that. God loves people like that. I don't care what they have on their bodies. And I said, I, I, I will never be in public with you again. Or something like that is what I said to the guy. We've got to, we've got to realize from God's vantage point, from his viewpoint, that he loves everybody no matter what we have or what we do or the way we do things, and if it doesn't line up with this person or that person, he wants us to love everybody. But to do that, for the word to be powerful and working on our behalf, we've got to get rid of our traditions. Can you say amen? And as you and I are liberated from tradition, then we can understand who we are. So the last two weeks, I'm just going to make two points, turn to Romans 8, and then I'll end with this. Just give me about five minutes and I'll be done. And then we'll take it up from next week. I feel like that what we share from here on out will make so much more sense to you about what we're really talking about because of the examples that I gave you today. So remember these examples as you come back and you listen and meditate on the things that we're talking about and, and, and getting the information that you need to be a person who is not ruled in their flesh by their unrenewed mind, but by their spirit. So the last couple of weeks we talked about in Genesis 1, 20, don't turn there, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, that we were made, created in the image of God. God is spirit, and we are created in his image, made in his image. Um, uh, then we looked at uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that we have a soul, and that that soul, that mind, will, and emotions must be renewed. It has to be. I said earlier, if your mind is not renewed, if you don't get control of your mind, then your flesh will do what the world says is right and what your reasoning mind battles for. Your reasoning mind tries to reason this way, but it's going to always choose the way of the world if you don't have any word going in. That's why it's so vitally important. And number three that we talked about, and then we're just going to look at it, two or three verses of scripture that we looked at and then we'll pick it up next week. Um, in Romans 8 and verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Now, what we're going to get into in the next couple of weeks has to do with this. Um, Joey, come here. So turn around and show everybody your tattoos. Okay, now look at me. Do, do you know in your heart, now I'm really putting you on the spot, okay? Well, I actually know the answer. But do you really know in your heart that it was okay with God that you put those tattoos on your arms? Yes. Okay. He said yes, right? Okay, thank you. Now, If, I'm, if I am led by the Spirit of God, okay, and I'm developing that, okay, you got tattoos on your arm from years and you weren't born again or whatever, it's one thing. But if you're led by the Spirit, 
Could God tell you, could God say, I don't want you to do this? Could God say that? And, and could God, could you have been born again for a long time, you got tattoos, and then you got into the Word, and the Word began to renew your mind, then could God tell you not to put tattoos? Sure. But because tattoos are not a sin, then God could allow other people to put tattoos on their body. Is that right? All, what, all we want, what we want in life, okay? Now, if, if, there, if you go through Scripture and you find Scripture that backs up you're not to do that to your physical body, then you've got to stay with that. See, because this whole thing is fulfilled when, listen, what Jesus did at Calvary was one thing, But then what he did at Calvary for it to be fulfilled in the earth only is fulfilled in the earth when it gets inside of me and I begin to be a doer of that. Yeah, he did the work. He did it all spiritually. But for it to catch up into the physical body and the fleshly realm and I become a doer of the word and obedient to the truth of his word, that is totally dependent on whether I give time to come and hear a word like this taught or listen, you know, listen to the right kind of word being taught and then taking the word and knowing that it's right for myself. Not just because pastor says this, but taking what pastor said and then you going to the word and making sure that it's right for you because when it becomes right for you, then you won't put a tattoo on your arm if God says no. Or you may have a tattoo on your arm and, you know, I know it's pretty painful, but you can, you know, I've known guys that have had them removed because they had it put on at a time when they had no revelation. I'm just using a tattoo as an example. I don't care what it is. Things that we intake into our body, things that I mentioned early, smoking and drinking and drugs and, and those kind of things. You can put certain types of foods and all all that kind of stuff. Things that you put in your body that are not good for your physical body, okay? Would God tell you that's not good for you? Yeah. And in most cases, when you come to a place where you can hear God and hear the things that he's saying to you, if it's not good for one body, it's not going to be good for another body. I'm just talking about how God talks. But something that is not good for your body, if you're not to a place where you can actually hear that and you're working on other areas of your life, God won't even talk to you about that. And he loves you as much as he loves anybody else. And you could be doing things that the natural world, you know, if you're doing something illegal, it's one thing. But if you're doing something that, the, that tradition says is worse than other things and God says that it's not, then you, you, you can keep doing that. I'm not giving you a license to do it. You already have one. You're doing it. You may, not, you may be doing something and hiding it. Now, I'm not talking about something illegal. I'm talking about th- things that just tradition says are not right. But you'll never get rid of that if you can't admit that God doesn't want you doing it. Never. Just because somebody else said it, you'll find yourself back in it again. 
God wants you and I set free and delivered of those things, and that comes to us when we embrace what Jesus did for us. Spirit, soul, and body, he, he created us whole. We've been liberated and free. Now the power to overcome is determined by whether we go after truth or we stay with tradition. I declare today that I'm done with tradition. I'm a truth man. How about you? Amen? Um, can you put our confession up on the screen? So, there's two little pieces to this, and I want us to read this together. If you want to, if you would like to, uh, I'm going to get it right over here. If you want to grab your phone and take a picture of this confession, take a picture with your phone if you do that. That way you have it. And after you take pictures of it, then we're going to make this confession together. Are we done? Everybody got a picture? I still see the cameras up. (laughs) This is a really good confession. You can take it, you can use it, because it's vital that we declare these things about renewing our minds. Are you ready? Let's read. We're going to read this together. Ready? Read. I dedicate myself to renewing my mind by reading, meditating, and speaking God's Word. I choose to think about good things. I refuse all negative and ungodly thoughts. I cast down vain imaginations. I will not let doubt, worry, fear, or fear contaminate my mind. I'm guarding my mind from all gossip, jealousy, anger, resentment, or any other form of contamination. I make a quality decision to meditate on God's word and to keep my mind undefiled. I consecrate my mind, will, and emotions to God for the purpose of accomplishing his will in this life. Can you say amen? Today is the day we need to be declaring these type of things so that tradition has no more hold on us and the truth of God's word is what is leading us. Remember, even things you think are truth in your life, you've got to make sure you got scripture and verse on it. And not only scripture and verse, but the Holy Spirit revealing to you the truth of what it is that you're reading from the Bible. Can you say amen to that? 